Welcome to the Waiting Warriors podcast. As loved ones of first responders and military personnel, we often face life situations and challenges that many others don't experience. And while each of us and our experiences are unique, together we can learn from one another and become stronger in this journey of life. Now let's step out of mediocrity. It's time to thrive. out there welcome to another week another week of corona another week of endless summer it feels like and just another week <laughs> of life this week i have amy with us amy is a stay-at-home mom of three boys a business owner of the tiny troop soccer company which we'll talk about at the end and her husband has been an active duty marine for 18 years and i want to just say like because I feel like I grew up in a military town. So I feel like even though we're army, I'm allowed to say it. <laughs> well, welcome to the show, Amy. Thanks so much for having me, Michelle. Yeah. Uh, I've taught my boys. They're like, Ooh, and I'm like, yeah, you can say it like that. Yeah. <laughs> you got to feel it. You got to have like, yeah, you gotta, um, get the, um, it's, it's a whole body thing, right? Like, <laughs> it is, it is. Which I was looking at. Austin and I were talking about that the other day is like, why, why does each branch have to have their own? Like, why can't we just have a universal military one? But then it's like, ah, but that's just classic military. Like we just have to, we can't do what everybody else is doing. At least like the army, you know, like you can't do what everybody else is doing. You got to make up your own acronyms and your own language for everything just to keep us on our toes or what? I don't know. <laughs> so are you saying there's a lack of consistency? And <gasps> I've never heard of such a thing. <laughs> I would never, <laughs> I would never, never allude to such a, such a shocking, <laughs> shocking fact, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. So let's talk about those 18 years, active duty, Marine wife, life. Um, I know, I mean, I, I kind of have a, a small taste of what marine life has been because like I've said before on the show, I grew up in a town right by Camp Pendleton. Um, and so I love my Marines, but I wasn't in it. So can you give us a taste of what it's like to be married to a Marine? Woo, well, okay. Loaded. Right, I'll try to keep it short. So, um, we, so yes, he's been in about 18 years, so we're actually kind of nearing the end, which is a whole mm -hmm. conversation in itself. But um, we, we got married when he was a staff sergeant. So he had eight years in already. So um, some of my friends that got married out of high school to their Marine, they're like, woo, you got in at a good time, you know? <laughs> All the super, like, you know, you have to do all these things because you're just starting out rank. So yeah. um, we've been married 10 years now. It has definitely been an adjustment because prior to marrying him, I had no, um, no affiliation with the military. And really, I didn't know anything about it besides, you know, you think, oh, I thank those people for their service. That's awesome. Mm -hmm thought I always had, which is funny that uh, it's ironic now, is that I don't know how those wives do it. Like, how do they mm -hmm. idea? So really, those the, those two things are my thoughts about the military. And then lo and behold, 
I marry a Marine, right? I think I jinxed myself. <laughs> uh, I, I marry a Marine. And so now we've been married for 10 years. We just had our 10 year anniversary and um, he was not here. He is currently deployed. So, um, you know, I think everyone can relate to that. I'm not sure how many anniversaries he's been here. Not quite, not quite sure at this point, but um, we've been in it for 10 years and uh, it was an adjustment for me in a lot of different ways. One was uh, career-wise because I was always a super focused career person. We didn't get married until we were 28, so a little later in life. So, you know, I kind of had, I didn't kind of, I did have, you know, my life going, my career going, and that was a big shift in itself there. Um, Camp Pendleton was actually our first duty station, so hey. I got married, and within a couple of weeks, we were off to Camp Pendleton. So um, that was our first duty station. So it has been, a, in a very short summary, Michelle, it has been um, a, a true adventure. There's been a ton of ups, you know, things like you get to live in Hawaii for three years, which I maybe one day I'll vacation in Hawaii, but I actually got to live there for three years. So, so many fun things. And then, you know, there are some lows. Um, the deployment being a main thing, and especially now that we have kids, you, you mentioned we have three boys. So our boys are eight, five, and three. So um, that's a new adjustment this go around, even though we've had, as a couple, several deployments and trainings and schools and separations. But, um, you know, as the kids are getting older, it's put a new spin on it. So, um, yeah, a lot of, lot of good and some bad. Mm -hmm. What have, I mean, I guess you probably couldn't even count like the number you have a rough estimate of the number of separations and deployments you've gone through. man uh we actually were trying to uh add up the time like the mm -hmm. months the other day and i can't even remember what we what we came up with but we've had I think this is this is our third or fourth actual deployment um that we've been through together and then I think he's had about two or three schools during those times. Um, and then, you know, out in the field weeks or months or training months. So I, a lot, <laughs> a lot, a lot, which I know, which I know, like for most people, especially when you've been in for 18 years, like it, it just is a lot of time and it's a lot of time separated with those separations and deployments though. Have you, do you feel like, cause you kind of have had like multiple phases, right? Like you had the phase of just married and no kids and then with kids, but they're younger and now they're older and you're going through it. And like you said, like, it's gotta be different. What, what have been some similarities and then we'll talk about differences later, but what have been, or just all at once, but what have been some similarities and differences between each of those phases and how you've coped or, or, you know, coped well or not so well. Yeah. So, uh, some similarities, I guess we could start there. Definitely finding a community. So that ranges from when we first got married, you know, I mentioned we were with staff to California. He deployed three months later. And so literally I felt like I got plucked out of Illinois and just sat down in California by myself. Mm -hmm. And so, um, the, a neighbor came over one day and she, you know, knock, Hey, 
Uh, Tina was her name. I'm Tina. Nice to meet you. We're having a potluck this Friday if you want to come. And I'm like, thanks for the invite. And I remember as soon as I shut the door, like, I am absolutely not going. Like, I don't know, I don't know anybody. Like, no. And, you know, talking like with my mom, she's like, you just have to go. You know, you just have to get out there. And so um, I don't like to cook. So I was nervous about what to take. And it is all sorts of I find, you know, I did end up going and that was the best decision that I could have made. That got, that right there made the difference between me sitting at home, depressed, lonely, do I want to be in this marriage versus, you know, I didn't think my life was going to be like this versus getting, getting some support, getting some friends, meeting people. Um, being able to talk about this military life with people who are going through it because, you know, I, my friends from home, they don't know, you know, of course you're there to support you and they're always going to be there, but they don't know, you know, nobody knows you're in it. And so um, having that support set my stage as a military wife in um, getting out of my comfort zone. And, you know, it was awkward as can be, I'm not going to lie. You know, I'm like, Oh, hi people. I don't know. Um, so it was awkward, but, you know, eventually it got better. And so I was, I learned and I, I keep that lesson to with me in any of my life ventures now is like, just do it. Like, just introduce yourself. Hey, you want to go to lunch? I'm Amy. Nice to meet you. Hey, you know, like, so you just have to do that in military life. Like you really have. Yeah. And fast forward to now with older kids, same thing with community. Um, so we get involved and it looks a little different because they're busier now and we have some more outside things, but um, I guess I should shift back to the middle stage. I was in MOPS, Mothers of Preschoolers groups, which they have on base and off base in the, it's mm -hmm. the world. I even did it in Okinawa. Um, that was huge because again, I didn't know anyone, you know, it was kind of awkward. You're, you're leaving your kiddo with someone, even though it's on site. So, and the kid's screaming and crying when you leave them, you know, but man, do you need that hour break, that two hour break to sit with other women, to fellowship. Um, even if you just sat there and didn't do anything, it's a two hour break. So, you know, so mm -hmm. having that community of moms young moms, and it was on a military base, I think that I did it. So, um, that gave me the support that I needed at that phase of life. So then fast now when the kiddos are older, I feel a little more um, confident in deployments. Like, okay, I know I can do this. I know what I need to do to get through it and be productive during it and thrive during it, not just survive. Um, and so it's helped to make, like my oldest is on the rec soccer team out in town. So we go to those and then I volunteered to coach just, you know, I'm like, I need to meet people. We need to get out here. So just finding ways you can get plugged in into your local community um, really helps at this stage. So again, similarity would be find community and don't be afraid to put yourself out there to meet new people and make those connections because you need them. We need people are made for relationships with military uh, military relationships are usually taken out of your familiar community and support system and put into one that's completely new where you know nobody so that's that's crucial um i have a quick quick question yeah, go ahead go ahead and, and if you don't have like a good answer that's okay but i just feel like because with what we're going through right now like we're in the middle of a pandemic and I know some places are more strict than others. Mm 
but do you have any suggestions? Like, have you thought of how people can build a community right now? Cause I know, I know some of us who have, who have their community going, like we're kind of starting to, at least us, like we're starting to figure out how we can still, you know, see our friends and how we can have, you know, I've had like some girlfriend dates where we're just parked, you know, parked in a parking lot and our, we're still six feet away. So then the MPs don't get mad at us or anything like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I feel for those who are PCS, like PCSing this summer and don't have anybody. Like, do you, do you have any suggestions for those people who are trying to build a community in the middle of a pandemic? Yeah. It's tough. And I, so we've moved to North Carolina. It seems like just the other day, but I guess it's been about seven or eight months and we're at Apple June now. And um, I still don't necessarily have a community there, but I've been busy with the kids and homeschooling and him deploying and stuff that, um, that that's been all right. But now, um, you know, that the kids are going to be home with me all day, every day. Um, and you know, those breaks aren't coming. I'm, I'm starting to think of ways myself that I can build a community. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I'm kind of starting out there too, I feel, even though we've been there for a while. And so, um, one thing is we, you know, we take walks like every day, got to get out of the house, get some exercise for everyone. And I always see moms with kids and we might just say, Hey, in passing, you know, but that this is one of those times where you have to be like, Hey, I'm Amy. We live on the street over, you know, I know we're so distancing and stuff, but do you guys maybe want to meet? I mean, you can't quite go to the park, but in my park and we can, you know, you have to, you really just have to be creative and reach out to people and just, because if not right now, especially like we will be at home, stuck in our houses, literally not speaking to anyone besides our kids and maybe our partners, right? So you, yeah. have to, you have to find these small groups of people that you can do things with. There's also, um, you know, a lot of groups online that you can find in the Facebook groups that they're having little meetups. So if you're comfortable with something like that, again, maybe just one or two other families and you can do something with there. So no, I guess, Michelle, I don't have any really great ideas because I'm still in the midst of figuring it out. I do love your idea because, like, for me, I don't know about anybody else. It's so silly. Like, I feel like I'm a nice person. Yeah, but, yeah. And I, and I don't think I'm super introverted. But then at the same time, like, it takes everything inside of me when we're walking past somebody to be like, okay, I'm going to say hi. I'm going to say hi. Yeah. I'm going to say hi. Like, and we're getting closer and closer. And that's like, oh, 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 okay. Hi, hi. And I, don't, I hope I don't actually sound like that, but that's how it feels in my head. And, and I've talked before on the podcast, how we need to do that. But now you're kind of giving us the next level. Like that is your chance. And if you blow it the first time, that's okay. Like don't beat yourself up about it, but just the next day you're on a walk, like actually talk to somebody and, and it's like it seems so little but I know at least for somebody like me like that is solid advice do you know what I mean like it doesn't just come naturally to anybody so yeah it doesn't and you're gonna feel nervous you're gonna feel awkward you're you know we always say making friendships when we're older in life is like dating again like you have the eyes as you're walking up like you said and you just, like you said just have to 
put yourself out there and see what happens and you're going to sound weird and they may think you're weird, but Hey, you may get a friendship out of it, you know? And I will say, if you miss that first time I have, <laughs> this is kind of embarrassing, but like kind of like stalked a little bit, like, okay, they walked the neighborhood at like five yesterday. Let's kind of, let's head back out at five. And like, I'm going to talk to her. This time. <laughs> so you don't pump yourself up to do it. I, I don't think you're the only one who does that because I totally like have noticed, oh, this group of women like walk at seven o'clock in the morning and then this group of women walk at nine o'clock and this lady always walks around like 11 o'clock. So I got the whole schedule down. So <laughs> you, know, Michelle, you just said groups and I, I kind of want to address that real quick, too, because you will see a couple of, you know, a couple of ladies walking or two or three ladies running or something. Don't automatically count them out like oh well they have their group well that's their friends they have friends already so i'm not going to say anything i know it's a little more intimidating to um approach a group but i'm i almost guarantee you they would be like yeah sure come on or we're gonna run tomorrow you know at nine or we we go walk in here come on you know so you just even them approach them um or if you see a group sitting together at picnic tables just do it. Get up your courage and go and sit. And even if you're, you know, hey, I'm Amy. We just moved in a year ago. And uh, and I haven't really met anyone. So I know this is kind of weird, but I just wanted to come say hi and introduce myself, you know, or bring your kids over as a buffer. Or mm-hmm. Your kid to run over there or something. So you have a reason to go over there. But, but anyhow, don't be afraid of the groups. It, even if you're like, oh, they have their friends. There's three people. That's a click. They're you just made up that click in your head. So until you know that for sure, you know, don't use the term click. It's a group of women that I'm sure would be happy to welcome you. Yeah, that's awesome. That's solid advice. I like that. Stamp. Stamp. <laughs> so what? Um, so that's kind of some of the things that have helped you like and how it's looked different. Um, what has been the hardest part of deployments and separations for you though no man okay um do you want to talk about the dead bird literally a whole dead bird (gasps) in my car the first day he deployed this last time or (laughs) no but i'm not a whole nother story but no joke and there was bird poop all over i don't know if you want the story let me know but anyhow hardest parts um I think the loneliness, especially, so, you know, going through the phases again, I was so lonely when we were first married because we had only known each other a year anyhow. So that was, you know, you don't really know them at that point. um, Then we, we move away and then I'm literally there by myself, no kids, no nothing by myself. So that, the loneliness can get very hard. And again, that's, that's where that commute, you have to force yourself to go find somebody you know, or a group or whatever it is to join, because that can eat you alive. Like you have to be very careful with that. So you have to be, um, make, make a point to get out there and find someone to hang out with. Um, I would also say communication, um, can be very hard because how many times can you talk and like, well, what'd you do today? Well, the kids and I went to the park and then we came home and we ate lunch and then we did this and this exactly like we do every day. And what do you do? He's like, went to work and 
yep, watching a movie now worked out. Yep. And that's literally what it is for six months, right? And so um, communication can be hard. And what one thing we found that's fun that I, I don't, okay, I say it's fun. I don't think my husband like, is like, yeah, I want to do this, but he does it anyhow. He knows what's good for him, right? So we always try to find a, like a study to do together, like a joint book or um, something like that where, you know, we both can read and then we have something to email back, even if we don't talk on the phone, because it's okay to not talk on the phone all the time. I'll tell you guys that. At first, I was glued to my phone every time he was gone. Like, you know, like I have to answer this and I have to be there. But now it's like, okay, we can let a few days go and that's okay. You know, it gives us a little bit something to talk about when we do chat. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll email back and forth. And that negative, this hard thing about communication has actually turned into a positive for Brandon and I because we tend to communicate our feelings even deeper, like via email and when he's like, trillions of miles away versus if he was sitting right in front of me and we were speaking to each other. So anyhow, that, that communication part kind of is hard. It is. But once you kind of get in your groove and learn what works for you as a couple, it, uh, it can become a good thing. Yeah. How do you deal with the loneliness and longevity just like how long they and how much time like you said like you're going on your third or fourth actual one he's been to multiple schools like when you add up that time it's years do you know what I mean like it is it is literally years it's not you know he's going on a business trip for a few days which I know is hard for some people but like what we're talking about is years how do you, what do you do with that time? Yeah. So you definitely have to think of it in smaller parts or it's going to seem like it's like forever, literally. Right. So, um, okay. So one thing I say, and it's actually pretty silly, but it works for me is I find TV shows that I like during this time. And I kind of use those as markers. So I'm like, Oh, on Monday, I know I watch you know, I used to watch Biggest Loser a lot, say Biggest Loser. And so, and so I know next Monday, you know, kind of subconsciously, I'm like another week's pass. And it gives me a little something to look forward to. So I do look at my weekly TV show. So that that's one thing that helps pass it. Um, when before kids, I looked up the local uh, parks and rec department and they had a belly dancing class. And I, this was when I knew, knew, knew no one, had no friends that they, I signed up for that. And that was super fun. And even though it was awkward, I went by myself and I was driving in this new city off base, you know, all these scary things at first, um, that helped pass the time because one, it was kind of fun. Uh, you know, it was something for me to do. And again, I knew each week, okay. I have that next week and I have that next week. So just having something to look forward to in smaller chunks of time really helps the time to go by quickly. Yeah. So what, like with using the time, do you try to be like, and I'm not mocking anybody at all because I have a lot of different friends that have like are on both sides of the camp. Like, are you a, we're going to be super productive with this time and I'm going to set goals and I'm going to use this time to the fullest. Or are you just like, I'm going to binge watch Gilmore girls and, <laughs> and 
<laughs> what what has helped you you cope? Because that is, that is what it is about. It's like I I know what helps me personally, but what what helps you? Yeah. Um. So I actually I would say Michelle, I'm in the middle. Mm-hmm. So I I get that some people need to set goals. And that helps them pass the time. And I, you know, that's a great tool to use. That really is. Um, and so, and then I also understand that you need that time to sit and do nothing and watch that 24 hours of the same show over and over and over. And so, um, you know, I find myself in the middle of that. And, and I'll tell you why. So I don't, I personally, I don't set deployment goals because especially with the kids now, really, I'm just trying to get through the time. And and I don't mean just survive. I don't mean just surviving, but just trying to get the time to pass, you know. And so um, I do find that I'm more productive when he's gone, unfortunately. Because, you know, you you don't have those uh, days where you're just hanging out with him or whatever, you know, you actually have some free time. And so I do get a lot more things done, but I don't make it a point to say I need to get X, Y, and Z done while he's gone. Um, I, I feel like I give myself freedom to go in waves, you know, like I, if one week I'm feeling motivated, Hey, I might get a bunch done. And the next week, you know, I don't feel like really doing anything or changing out of pajamas and I'm okay with that too. So I think you need to give yourself grace and space to do both. You don't have to be in one camp or the other, Like you know, your feelings change daily with deployment and that's fine. And that's expected. I love that so much. Can we like make that a sign or the fun vinyl lettering for all of us? (laughs) (laughs) Give yourself grace and space. That is awesome. Because I think, I, I think that that is kind of what I struggle with. Um, and I know a lot, like a lot of people who reach out on social media, the same, like they, they have such good intentions and they want to do so many things, but then we get to a point where our kid hasn't slept in five days or, right, right. Which, which means we haven't slept or even there's all the kids stuff, but then there's stuff like something happens with work or something happens with your extended family and your parents or somebody gets hurt or even just you go on vacation and like your routine gets thrown off. And yet I know I find myself like fighting that season and that, um, just the cycle that life goes through. Yeah. I think sometimes I think that a deployment is just this big thing and I have to get through it. But every time I talk to somebody like you, that's talking about this, it's like, yeah, there are there are a whole bunch of cycles and we have to let ourselves flow through them or we're really going to just struggle. Yeah. Like this sounds bad or kind of odd, but like don't have expectations of yourself during this time that for me. Okay. I say personally, because again, I don't want to feel disappointed that I didn't do X, Y, and Z or that I stayed on the couch or whatever it is. You know, I, I feel like this is a hard enough time anyways. And, you know, you you always have that a level of stress. And I try to explain this to like my civilian friends. I'm like, even if I seem fine subconsciously, and maybe I'm not even thinking about it, but subconsciously there's a level of stress when your partner is deployed. Mm -hmm. So your, your emotions and, and 
whatever is already heightened that whole time. And, you know, you may not even realize it, but then you hear, you know, Carrie Underwood's song, whatever, and you all of a sudden cry and you're not even a cryer. And you're like, whoa, like, okay. I think I'm, I am you know, like, yeah, like, like something's going on, right? And, yeah. And so we we're carrying that in us. And so I, like I said, what we, if we take a vacation with the kids and I do something, woohoo, we had fun. And if I, if we don't, then we don't. And if I, like I said, if I feel like doing something today, I do. And if I don't, I don't. And I, I look at it as I'm going through enough already. Whatever I do is fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whatever I do or don't do right now is absolutely fine because I'm, you know, making the most out of our situation. And yeah. Yeah. And I love that you have that point of view because. I think I think I'm in the middle of where you are and kind of the goal setting and there's there's people like Becky Hoy that um runs mm-hmm. the Brave Crate that has been yeah, on here yeah. and she, she's kind of she is definitely on the like let's have a goal and drive because for her and her personality that helps things go smoother. And so I love mm-hmm. that you're giving us this perspective though because because there are so many listeners and not all of the listeners, not every military spouse is the same type of personality. And I think it hearing everybody's different points of view kind of will help everybody like just think of what resonates with them and then to be able to look at your day and the different kind of days and then have that awareness of, okay, I, when I'm like this, I feel good or bad mm-hmm. and it's like yeah. what are you looking forward to or what are you dreading and what after you do it not like if you're tired or not because you know you're gonna you're always tired. Yeah, you're always tired <laughs> and you're always gonna like use energy and your husband is gone and that's emotionally exhausting but like what really drains you and what I get I mean I, I should be better with words and I'll get a thesaurus someday guys sorry but (laughs) what makes you feel good about what you did with your day and if you can you know but just I just don't want anybody to think that they have to do x you know what I mean just because it works for somebody else doesn't mean that that will it could so try it but I just hope everybody gets that open mind because it's not a cookie cutter situation. There's no cookie cutter way to, to deal with a separation or deployment. And, you know, if you do, then you will be, you know, perfect and happy. And yeah, yeah, I totally get what you're saying because, you know, it's easy for military spouses to get put into one box yeah. And that's, that's so not true. That's so untrue, you know? And so, and even, you know, you kind of see the same faces in our space and you see what they're doing and these people are so productive and this, but and like you said, try it. And if it works for you, great. And if not, that's okay too. You know, that's okay. Be, be okay with where you're at, what you're doing. And I will say, don't, you know, take take count, take inventory of, like you said, your feelings, like this made me feel good today. And this didn't. So, you know, don't, don't stay in your, this day didn't feel good to me too long. You know, if, if yeah. that, if you're having that a lot, 
every once in a while, that's great. But if you're having that a lot, you know, kind of reassess what's going on and maybe I should try something else. But yeah, don't, don't compare yourself. And even though, even if your husband's on the same deployment as somebody else's husband, you don't have to feel how they feel or you don't have to be doing what they're doing. That's okay. Yeah. And even like deployments aside, like with what we're going on right now, it's the same, like, but it's also so dense. <laughs> like we're all the same and yet we're all so different. Even just on our base on Fort Campbell, there are like people all the time I see on the Facebook group pages, like, why is so-and-so doing this? Why is so-and-so doing this? Or this is bothering me, blah, blah, blah. It's like, we are, we're all in this together, but everybody has to cope in their way. And everybody has to process and deal and move forward in their own way. And you have to give yourself the space and the grace, like you said, to do that. And like, yes, try what other people are doing. Like this last week, if you guys have been following along on social media, I've been doing a completely different daily routine because I wasn't feeling good at the Mm -hmm. end of the day for way too many days. Like I just wasn't feeling good. And so I sat and thought, okay, what is not making me feel good? And how do I change that? And you can do that if you're on a deployment or going through a pandemic. And if you are going through both right now, like Amy, oh my goodness, my heart just (laughs) goes out to you guys. You guys are major troopers. Yeah. Well, well, thank you. Thank you. I will take that accolade. Yes. This is is not easy. So I'll accept that. Um, But you made a point, you know, when you said not that your day, you weren't feeling good. I I just kind of want to reiterate that, that it's such a a slippery slope for us as spouses um, being by ourselves. Like I mentioned that loneliness. So you you have to make a conscious effort not to let yourself get too far in that because it's easy to get there and get stuck. Um, and one resource that I just came across the other day, Michelle, that I hope you don't mind that I share. So TRICARE, you know, our insurance, whatever, that whole humane military <laughs> something. So they actually have um, this app called Doctor on Demand now. And I actually talked to TRICARE the other day because I had to call. That was fun. I had to call for uh, one of my sons for something or another. And if you go to their website, there's a doctor on demand thing. And so I asked them specifically, I'm like, so any of us as dependents can use this? And they said, yes. And I said, and it's covered by TRICARE. And they said, yes. And there's not even a copay right now. So if you have TRICARE, you can use this doctor on demand for yourself or your kids. And it has mental health as well. So you can get free counseling appointments um, from this doctor on demand and you set it all up. You have to, you know, enter your sponsor social and all this stuff. But then you can choose from doctors. You can choose. And so as and I said, okay, so when do we have to pay or when is this going to change? Because she said it's currently a pilot program. And she said throughout the uh, academic, throughout the pandemic, it's free for sure. And then they're going to see how many people use it and how effective it was. And she said, just after, you know, when things start slowing or getting back to normal to just double check their website to make sure that it is still covered and it is free. But for now, I I recommend that to everyone to get counseling, you know, counseling was one thing I never scoffed at it, but I had never felt the need to go until like the last five years 
And at one point I'm like, you know, I need to talk with someone and that is so okay. And now, especially that you can do it from your home, talking to someone on the phone that can help out. Like, I think that's great. Yeah. Oh my goodness, guys, like, please use this. Please. And, and even if you're not like, well, I'm not super depressed, I'm not suicidal, or I'm not whatever the big things are. Like my kid isn't throwing things at me every day. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> just because you're not those things doesn't mean you have the answer to your problems and not that like every um you know just because somebody's a doctor means they do have every answer but I do know that they like they are educated and with with our experience of using counselors and therapists and stuff it's like most of the time you do have the answer, but it's so deep in you that it's hard to see it. And they, they are trained to help you figure it out. Not yeah. like, not always prescribe you with like, well, your child is coping this way. So if you right, just do right. X, Y, Z, they help you formulate the plan for yourself. And it's, Awesome. I know I talked while Austin was deployed, like we have, we had a lot of struggles with our oldest daughter. Like she just was having a really hard time. She has a really hard time when her dad leaves and we kind of have this authority shift struggle, you know, like it's almost like mm -hmm. she can mm -hmm. feel the vacuum of like, Oh, yeah. dad's gone. So let's challenge mom and, mm -hmm. and other things. But like the counselor at school was a lifesaver. But, mm -hmm. but it wasn't like super bad. She wasn't yelling at me constantly and throwing. She wasn't threatening anybody. You know, it wasn't super dramatic, but we had a problem and we were going through a struggle and it helped so much to have somebody to talk to. So please guys, like, yeah. I'm probably, probably going to call them. You know what I mean? Cause like yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm having a hard time right now with Corona. I hate yeah. it and I'm losing so many things and so many like I feel like I'm mourning the loss of a life that was and I know that may sound dramatic to other people I kind of don't care because that's just what I'm feeling you know but like yeah yeah but and I don't think it sounds dramatic to other people and and even like you said even if it did who cares right yeah. <laughs> that's how you feel and that's how you feel you don't have to you don't have to make excuses for it and you made a good point. You don't have to have this huge problem to talk to a counselor. You know, you don't have to be like, oh, I'm on the brink of divorce or, oh, my kid's being crazy. You know, it's, you don't even have to know what you want to talk about. So in my, my situation, I called and I had to leave a message, which of course I almost chickened out of that. Right. And so then when she called back, uh, th so this wasn't my doctor on demand. This was prior to that. So when she called back, you know, I was kind of like, well, I just, you know, we just moved from Hawaii and I'm pregnant with my third that we did not plan for, you know, and we're in temporary housing and this and that and that. But you know what? It's fine. Like, I'm fine. I don't really need to talk with anyone. And she goes, stop right there. She goes, even though you didn't like list a specific problem, she's like, that's a lot. And that's okay. Like, you don't have, you know, she's like, that's, that's a lot. And it's okay. You don't have to have a specific thing. And so um, 
I actually only went probably five times, Michelle, and I couldn't even tell you what we talked about. You know, I was so nervous, like, what am I going to say? And what, but you don't even have to think about what to talk about. Like you said, they, they are the experts at just talking and it starts to come out. Like you said, you kind of know, you just don't know that you know. And so don't hesitate to call. If you're feeling any sort of way about anything, call the people. It's free. You don't ever have to see them again if you felt weird, you know? Yeah, that's true. That's awesome. Um, <laughs> let's talk about tiny troop soccer for a little bit. Yeah, I think, yeah. I think it's a fun uh, resource for people. Can you tell us what is tiny troop soccer and how can people get involved? Yeah. So, um, okay. So tiny troop soccer, we started it back five or six years ago. So it's been going for quite some time now. We have about 35 on-field locations across the country and globally. Um, they're all near military bases. Um, there's a handful that are on base, but most of them are just off base at like a local park. So usually with only five or 10 minutes within base, um, or outside of base, excuse me. And we service ages one through nine. Um, so our one through five year olds are on field or virtually and our, um, older kids, the six through nine are all virtually, um, as of this point, but we are actually going to start doing some on field stuff for them because of Corona. We want to give some opportunity as well. So, um, we do developmental soccer lessons. So we are there to, um, especially for younger ages, help you help your kiddo learn how to listen in a group and learn how to interact with other kids. Because a lot of times, tiny troop soccer is their first anything outside of the home, and we get that. Yeah. So we're trying to introduce them to play, um, you know, gain a love for play. Of course, hopefully, a love for soccer and just to get some physical exercise. And it's so important to our kids to have that physical exercise, and that also makes that um, mental health connection because especially our military kiddos, they have a lot of stuff going on. You know, you and I just talked for 30 minutes about how hard it is for us, and we're adults who have yeah. tools. You know, we're supposed to be able to process this stuff. So imagine a little guy, go, you know, daddy's gone or mommy's not home or Grammy's not near me. You know, that's a lot. That's heavy for the kids, even if they can't vocalize it. So that physical outlet is crucial and being around other kids that are in that same situation. And as we've grown, Michelle, then they're able to look forward to, oh, at my next duty station, oh, look, there's a coach in a bright blue shirt on Soccer Island. I have something to look forward to. There's something familiar that I know. And, you know, as a coach, I'm able to say, well, guess what? I know Coach Michelle, and she's going to be there, and you're going to have so much fun. And so they get so, you know, it gives our kiddos something to hang on yeah. to. Um, anyhow, you can tell I'm more passionate about it. It's not just... <laughs> Game, but I do love soccer too. So um, anyways, you can find us at tinytroopsoccer.com. Um, currently, we do have a handful of, we have about eight locations that are able to run. We do have our social, social distancing guidelines um, in place, but we're still, we have small groups. It's eight or less anyhow. So we welcome all kids to come out to that. We do have our interactive virtual sessions going on as well. And that's a year round thing now um, that, you can, your kiddo gets on. It's not just watching a YouTube video of soccer. It's me, you know, or one of my coaches actually talking to them and giving them some feedback and interacting, you know, the community and communication that they miss. You can still do it right in your living room or some parents set their phone up outside and the kiddos are outside while we're teaching them. So we invite anyone to join us um, in our interactive virtual sessions or on field and you can find us at tinytroopsoccer.com. Um, we are on Facebook and Instagram as well. 
And yeah. That's awesome. I seriously love that. <laughs> oh, Michelle, I also wanted to say, so we uh, also employ mainly military spouses, not, not solely, but mainly. And so um, we have employed over a hundred to date. So we're super proud about that. Yeah. And so we're always looking for coaches. So um, really anywhere you're located, if you've played soccer before, you love kids, you're looking to make a little extra income. We, I would love to have you reach out to me and we can look to get you on the team. Ooh, double whammy. So don't just <laughs> you want something for your kids, but then also if you want a little side job that is awesome I yeah love you, do, you do both of those things last question yes ma'am love to end with what is your key to thriving that you want to share with your fellow waiting warriors Ooh, my key to thriving so this uh goes back to my faith michelle so it's super important to me to have a daily devotional time where I'm able to focus on God and what he is dictating for my life that day and in that the season that I'm in. And I always notice when I do it and when I don't, like later in the day, I'm like, oh, I didn't do that. And I'm like, hmm, kind of makes sense to me. So um, there's a couple of apps that I use. One is called The First Five, and um, that's an app through Proverbs 31 Ministry. And they always just have different studies going on. And it's the five means five minutes. You know, they get that we're busy people and busy moms, a lot of us. And so, you know, you can get a five-minute devotional in, or there's one that's called She Reads Truth. Um, but that's one thing, you know, if I'm kind of in a funk at a duty station or something, my friend's like, have you found a soccer league to play on yet? And I'm like, no. And she's like, do you have a church yet? And I'm like, no. And she's like, you know, you need those two things. <laughs> and so, uh, so I'm like, you're right. I don't know why I haven't done that yet. So that's one thing that's important to me that really does help keep me going. Yeah. I love it. And I love that you know what you need. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. that you, you need church and you need a soccer league. Yeah. It's, like, that's not going to be the same for everybody, but you know what you need. And when you know what you need, which I know you've gotten from, like, doing those things and, like, we talked about before, like, looking at how you're feeling. But I, yeah. Yeah. I totally and just spaced what I was about to say. So Sorry. <laughs> but, yeah, search those. Oh, good job. <laughs> Like, I know that I like to play in soccer leagues still. And, you know, my body surely does not um <laughs> I get used to, but I still enjoy doing it, right? So I always, I'll just Google when I go to a place or, you know, get on uh, the local, like the city Facebook pages, call the Parks and Recs Department. I've done that and just said, hey, do you have an adult league? And yes, you, again, you know, but we're used to this as spouses. You go, you don't know anyone. Everyone else has known each other for years. You know, like it's the awkward experience of, at first, but then then you start to get to know people in town. You're doing something you love. And even if you don't know, like you said, I know that I need church and soccer. Those are two of the things I definitely know I need. If, even if you don't know, take the belly dancing class. I didn't know I needed dancing class, right? So just go and do something. Like, I'd never done that before. I didn't know if I would like it or not. But I was like, sounds kind of interesting. Literally have nothing else to do. It's going to be eight weeks. That's eight weeks of time pass. You know, sign me up. So I love it. And especially it's like, what's the worst that could happen? The worst that could happen is that you 
hate it, but then you know that you don't like it. And so, but you also learned how to back yeah, your belly, like, like how to belly dance. Right. So <laughs> is, that's really the worst that could happen. Maybe somebody could laugh at you, but it's probably somebody you will never see ever again. And then you go home and then you are like, okay, well, it's not that thing. So let's try the other thing. So it's really, yeah, you can do it. Yeah. Yeah. You go home, you go home and that belly dancing skirt thing stays in your closet. <laughs> your husband's like, Hey, show me some of those belly dancing. And I'm like, no, that was for me, not you. Like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so whatever. Take it or leave it, right? But it passed the time when I needed it, and so be it. That is so <laughs> <laughs> That's, that's awesome. a true story, too, if that's true. <laughs> I love it. Well, Amy, thank you so much. I I love what we talked about. Um, guys, go check out the TRICARE doctor thing. I know I'm going to look into it right now. Check, check out check out tiny <laughs> troop soccer if i can say that yeah tiny um, troops soccer so there are two s's in there i always have okay. to also tiny yeah. troop soccer yeah okay check out their website connect with them on social media and um like always guys just have a good week hang in there figure out what you need to do to make this time in your life just a little bit better and um better for you and remember, just because it's hard, like things are hard right now, doesn't mean it has to be miserable. Thanks again, Amy, and you guys have a good week. Thanks, guys. Hey, fellow waiting warriors. Since I know you are loving this podcast and being able to connect and learn from others, I need you to go and write a review for the podcast. Even just a rating with the stars really helps people find this podcast. And the more people listening means the more people thriving, which is truly my ultimate goal for all of you. It's super simple, will just take a minute, but it will make a world of difference.